California Tortilla, we love you. Thank you for being an amazing part of the Hey Fresh podcast. And you need to support them. Support our friends. If you're looking for a budget-friendly present for your boss, purchase a $25 gift card from California Tortilla from now until December 31st. And they'll give you a free entree coupon. To get yours, visit one of Caltort's 27 D.C. area locations or visit caltort.com and order online. Support our sponsors. We love you, Caltort. excited when we have a guest. I don't know. I always, I find our guests to be very fascinating and I'm excited about today's because yeah. I think this man could talk about anything. Really? Because mm-hmm. I was excited the fact that you introduced him to me as like, oh, he hates the man like you do. And I was like, well, I'm going to love him as a guest then. <laughs> Clearly, I'm going to love him as a guest. Uh, we have a lot going on today on the Hey Fridge podcast. So the guest we're talking about is a man named Matthew Hurt, who I'm very excited about. We met him, actually. We were doing a Fox 5 election night party. I don't know. Not election night party, but a debate party a couple months ago. And Matthew was there and had some really interesting things to say about local businesses and essentially what Matthew does as a grassroots uh, activist and a community organizer is helps you kind of fight against the man and he just says the new trend is less regulation and people really want to do your own thing, which I love this because I feel like that's what we're doing in our careers. Mm -hmm. Less regulation. Less regulation, exactly. But why we left radio. I will say the only regulation we do have, Sarah, is... Play the disclaimer. This is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and enforced by parties in a legally recognized relationship. Wait, what? This is your disclaimer. The Hey Frage podcast may not be suitable for all ears. So anyway, we're going to have Matthew Hurt on here very very soon because I want to talk to him all about just like life and career and great advice. I feel like that's what he's going to give everybody today because I feel like most of our listeners are also looking to do their own thing and against the man. Uh-huh. Uh, so anyway, that's coming up. Then also, too, I I think that you'll have a lot of thoughts on this, but I want to know how early is too early to text people back? Because, you know, I get up every morning at like 5, 5.30 this morning, and I texted several people, and I got some mixed responses back. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, who finally cussed you out for it? Because <laughs> well, here's my I thing. have stories. Don't you? Aren't, isn't it always on silent on your phone that you get? You don't get text. Do you get the beep text notification? I never. No, hold on. Okay, again, are we talking about this now or are we talking no, about this later? No, we'll, we'll get into exactly. that. Also, I think you'll be, uh, the mannequin challenge has really backfired for 22 guys who decided to, to reenact like a gunfight mm-hmm. in Alabama. Uh, with the mannequin challenge, only some of them had outstanding warrants and were not allowed to have firearms, and they were. So I'll tell you about the mannequin challenge <laughs> that now ended in nearly 15 people getting Ooh. arrested. Roll Todd, roll. So <laughs> all that to come. Uh, but first, look, on the podcast, um, we want to talk to Matthew Hurt who is here today, um, who is, I, I love your titles, by the way, community organizer. I want that one as well. And then also grassroots activist. So I'm so glad that you could be on the show. It's, it's great to be here. First of all, congratulations on this, your 150th 
podcast episode. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end of this week, you guys are celebrating a year breaking free from the man. Yes! Uh, to do your own thing, to, to, to shrug off regulations and to create your own uh, space here uh, online and with this podcast. So thank you guys for, for doing that. Well, so you and I, okay, we, we met at this party for Fox 5, and then also, you know, you and I have had coffee, because I'm so fascinated about your work and sort of your predictions for the future, because I couldn't agree with this more. And you basically say that more and more people want to do things like launch their own hair business from their their home, or you're seeing companies like Airbnb. They want fewer regulations. And I have lots of questions, because in some ways, regulations are good, right? Sure. (laughs) You're like, you know. Um, But I think it's fascinating that we're moving to this trend. So exactly what do you help people do as a grassroots organizer? Absolutely. I think... The first thing that I communicate to folks is is that intersection of where government can't tell tells you not to do something. Right. Immediately, as rebels, as if we're fighting the man, we we want to do exactly what they tell us not to do. Uh, so with with Airbnb, with Uber, you know uh, these these sort of new technologies that are coming uh, coming to the fore and empowering people not only to make uh, better decisions for their own lives, but to become economically independent right. in a way that, you know, my roommate for a time a couple of years ago was was between jobs. And he drove for Uber full-time in the Commonwealth of Virginia right about the time Virginia said, we're going to ban Uber. We're not going to let anybody drive. And fortunately for him, the, the backlash from people who had used the program, and the drivers and the riders, pushed back and, and they ultimately legalized Uber in Virginia. Likewise, in April of this year, I brought my dad up to, to D.C. for the first time. I've lived here for seven years, seven and a half years. And uh, his father died in the Korean War. And so as part of his passion, he's, he's researching that. And so I'm a big, big fan of a certain hotel chain. Won't talk about it here, but the cheapest uh, hotel rate, nightly rate, was $150 a night for a two-queen bed in a standard room. Oh, yeah, I know. And uh, not one of those hourly places, but but with Airbnb, I was able to get him a nice garden-level place for three nights for $79, and he walked into the room, and he said, this is the most amazing room I've ever been in, I've ever slept in, we were middle-class folks, and it was because the property owners in the in, in the house above us, we're able to rent out their their extra location, their extra space to make a little money to, to pay the mortgage and to allow people to, to visit D.C. for cheaper. So tell me about this. Okay, because I was so fascinated by this, but you're finding young people in general, right, want to create and have their own businesses. So obviously the Ubers, the Airbnbs are huge, but what do you see people like, I mean, our podcast or um, you know, you use the example of a lot of people, not a lot, but some people People want to have like a hair business from their their own home. Like so, me, Sarah, I want to have a hair business. That's <laughs> you're my into goal. the hair business. Yeah. So tell us about that. What do you see like young people wanting to do? That's kind of anti-man. Millennials get crapped on. Uh, a lot uh, by older people who have who have ruined the country with with uh, all these various cool. programs. Wow! Um, and we we get we get we get assaulted and assailed because we're the we want it now generation. Okay. And so if there is um, if we want lunch, there's a food truck outside. If we want a ride, there's an Uber. If we want a date tonight, there's an app for that. You guys talk about that all the time. Uh, and, and, and so we, there's this entrepreneurial spirit where we want to go and do something to benefit society, to create a greater well-being. It's yeah. not even about making that dollar, particularly for millennials who spend their money in a more conscious way. They shop at Whole Foods because they know the company spends money on those uh, those programs. They, they, they think about where the dollars go after they exchange them with a cashier. Uh-huh. And so what we've seen 
There's a young lady in North Carolina I met a few months ago who she would feng shui your living room. She's an interior designer. And with your permission, she would post pictures of your living room, of your bedroom on her Instagram. And that's how she attracted business. She make a couple, sure. Couple I mean, everybody now is making money off their Instagrams. Mm-hmm. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. And the state of North Carolina sent her a cease and desist letter that said because she wasn't licensed by the Interior Design Board, that she wasn't allowed to practice that business. Now, I, I'm almost certain I can I can get Sammy K on board with this. That do you think there should be a government licensing board to keep people from feng shuiing other people's living? Uh, from feng shui, no. Like there's certain things I understand. Like like, for instance, like I, uh, I own a snack company, right? I totally understand why they have all these rules and regulations, right? And it's because when you sit there, I know people are like, oh, yeah, well, I made this beef jerky. And you're like, dude, you literally just made this, like, in a hole in the wall, in a garage, outside, in your backyard. Like, you know, no way is it clean. Is it, will I die? Probably not, but no way, you know. So I understand certain regulations, but when you talk about things like feng shui or if someone wants to, you know, sell hair pieces like I don't know I don't see that killing anybody you know I guess that's my rule if it doesn't kill you then why is it regulated and, and let's mm. expand the market there say you, you enjoy brunch I, I go to Eastern Market for brunch usually on Sundays and it, I find uh, restaurants based on Yelp reviews mm-hmm. uh, if something is good if they have a particularly good uh, bottomless mimosa or really great steak and eggs it's because the market has given us an opportunity to rate those uh, those experiences, and I think that's why things like Uber and Lyft are successful. Because if you're good at driving, if you if you have good customer service, right, um, then then you get good ratings. If you remember, for those of you who have, who have ridden in a taxi recently, uh, I haven't, but the, the cars are. Oh, always, you don't take Red Top over in Arlington. I don't. Oh, okay. The the cars are always dirty, and it's because the car doesn't belong to the driver. Uh, if you, you know, what do you, I don't know if you guys drive, but if you have your own car and you drive, there is a, a greater impetus for you to keep that car clean. If you know that you're being rated as well as rating the customer, there's a greater impetus for you to do a good job. Okay, so here's my question, though, because the biggest resistance you must must get is that government regulation does work, in fact, when you have people, like, doing hair or making beef jerky out of their homes and, like, you know, a thousand people get sick or something along that line. So how do you, and same with Airbnb, right? I mean, you know, in some ways you need some regulation, don't you think, to, like, make sure a home is safe? There's been a lot of controversy with Uber drivers not getting a background check. So how do you argue that? I would say very few regulations are necessary. Uh, In in the instance of, of, say, FDA regulations, federal government regulations on food, People still get sick. There are still recalls. You know, for my for my friends who have kids, uh, there's a different car seat every six to eight months because they found something different. Uh, but in the instance of say seatbelts for adults, uh, there are better, safer ways to create a seatbelt, to install a seatbelt in a car that the government will not allow people to do because of the spe- the specificity of the regulations. So when I book an Airbnb in Miami for New Year's Eve coming up. Um, I'm looking for somebody with a lot of ratings. And, in fact, when I was in Miami a few months ago, um, I found um, an Airbnb that was – there were 400 different ratings, and only one of them was negative. And okay. so to me, as a, as a functioning adult who can make my own decisions for my life, I can reasonably assume that that is an okay place to stay. Uh, and, and so I would say the, the reduced interaction uh, from government and interference – for instance, there was a, um, a young woman in California – who wanted to create a livery service, a a transportation service, where she would transport family members of incarcerated, uh, folks who are incarcerated, Mm -hmm. to the prison, to the jail, to visit their family members on a regular basis. And she had to, the state of California, 
required her not only to uh, meet a host of what may be reasonable regulations to some some people, but the thing that actually ended her quest to start this new business okay. was that she had to go before the Public Utilities Commission to argue against her competitors. The bus route, the rapid transit, the metro, the even other private services, taxi and Uber. She had to, she had to make the case, or they were allowed to make the case against her. And so I'm assuming over the years, like all these, whether it's hotels, taxis, metro, have large lobbies that are essentially lobbying to keep millennials, anybody who has an entrepreneurial spirit down, uh, because they're obviously want to control that market. Is that kind of why you have regulation? Oh, yeah. And what we see is the well-connected in, in politics, the, mm. the hotel industry, the taxi commission. They go and they line the coffers for elected officials, both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats. And, uh, and then those individuals, those regulators or those lawmakers uh, install regulations that, that they want to see or that their, their funders want. So for my friends who think there's too much money in politics, I would tend to agree because there are so many opportunities where government says, if you give us money, Im- implicitly or explicitly, we'll make the rules for you to push, push your competitors out of the system. Ah, okay. So um, what can people do? Like, I love, you know, I love everything you're doing. And you basically think that in the future we are going to move to less regulation. Do you feel like that's happening as we speak? I do. I think more people are embracing economic liberty. Do you think Trump is going to support that or be against that? I think there will be some opportunities, like at the FCC, to reduce regulations. I also think that quite possibly there will be places where we have to put out fires that weren't there uh, six months ago or four years ago. So I think uh, whoever is in office... We must be vigilant about protecting our liberties. For instance, in Arlington, where I live and have lived for seven and a half years, uh, the the political composition is fairly liberal, and the yeah the notion is uh, you know government should regulate it always. So currently, there's an, an Airbnb debate going on right now in Arlington. I think actually this weekend they're going to install some regulations, but they had a public comment period. Arlington is very good about this, um, engaging citizens. So folks were allowed to come through and vote on the various level and number of regulations. And in their published report a few days ago or last week, most people who responded wanted fewer and fewer regulations. Really? From homeowners to to renters I'm sure. to visitors. Yeah, so in, and in a community that is, you know, that voted, what, 80% for Hillary Clinton, uh, a majority or at least a strong plurality of folks want fewer regulations in their lives. All right, so That's tell amazing. me this then, okay? Before we wrap you up, I want to know this, okay? How do I fight the man? Okay, me as just a regular old Joe on the street, how can I fight the man and do my part? I encourage listeners to the podcast and, and you, Sammy K, to, to get involved in these very boring meetings. Uh, <laughs> county county board meetings, meetings in Arlington. I know. It's, Thank it's, you. You know, Friday, you guys are going to party it up. And then Saturday morning, you'll all be hungover. Uh, but Saturday morning, there's an Arlington County Board meeting. And they, they, they oftentimes put these meetings at inconvenient times for young people or for working professionals so that all you get is a couple of old dudes who are like, you know, angry man yells at cloud. Um, but there's no organization. There's no uh, grassroots effort that is able to show up because people are working. People are taking care of their kids. People are going to church, going to school, and they don't have time to always follow uh, what the government is doing. I'm going to throw this out there, man. Great business idea for you. What if you offered unlimited mimosas before you take people to board meetings? 
<laughs> if it's eight in the morning, why not? You know, keep it going from Matthew the night beforehand. Hurts mimosas. Yeah, before. you know, Matthew hurts mimosas. You know, mimosas before the meetings. That, that could be your service. An excellent idea. I would say that when folks are talking to the press or talking to elected officials, you've got to keep it. Depends on how many mimosas you can oh, manage. Yeah, like man- okay, minimize yeah. the drinking. Some mumbling. And, um. And- by the way, you listened to our show yesterday, and you had some advice for the Republican woman who wrote in wanted to come to our show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, can you believe this? What do we not seem Republican friendly? Well, you know what's crazy is is you guys are great. Uh, Pew Research, <laughs> Pew Research before the election said forty seven percent of people who were voting for either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton didn't know somebody voting for the other candidate. And I think that's dangerous in our society. I think yeah. folks should feel welcome. Um, I I love opportunities to uh, to confront my friends and allies like Sammy Kay. I love watching MSNBC. I love listening to uh, to public radio to one hear how the other side is sort of framing the argument or framing the debate, and two, to be able to engage them as humans. I think the online stuff, uh, anonymous comments, and, and stuff, it allows us to dehumanize people we don't right. agree with. And so to your Republican emailer, she thinks she's the only one. I One, there are plenty of Republicans or conservatives or libertarians who listen to the podcast. Yeah. Two, I would say I welcome that opportunity to go to a place where I know that folks yes, aren't on come. my team. In fact, in February of 2015, I was an auctionee for the Arlington Young Democrats date auction because one we had a shared mission of supporting. Because you're you are a Republican, right? Can I, I say am, that? I, I feel am. like I'm outing you as gay here. I, but I was I, mean, I, I was I was a delegate to the uh, Republican National Convention in 2012 and 2016. Okay. Uh, former chairman of the Arlington Young Republicans, but I have many friends across the the aisle um, because on these issues, on issues of fighting the man, on reducing regulations, we can quite often find common ground, and that's what I want to do. I want to build a coalition uh, to fight the man, and I don't care who comes into that tent as long as we're advancing. Amen, and bring on some. Mimosas. And I thought you were super brave because night of election or day after the election, as a Republican, you went down and kind of confronted people. Not really conf- confronted is not the right word, but engaged in a discussion um, as a Trump voter with um, people that were Hillary Clinton supporters or independents. And you said that actually you found that everyone does kind of find common ground when you're talking one-on-one. I went to the White House and, and in that identifiable hat and engaged a number of folks. A, a young lady. Make America uh, great again. <laughs> I love it. The, the young African-American lady who we agreed on school choice and criminal justice reform. A gay couple from Shaw who, who literally said to me, if Donald Trump had sounded like you, we would have voted for him. And I think it's because we find commonalities and we, we attack or we confront those issues first where we have common ground. And then we figure out the issues that we disagree on. I'm much more willing to, um, especially one-on-one, talk to people about issues uh, rather than this arguing and fighting that goes on primarily online and on cable news. Oh, my God. Can you come back and be our Republican special. Do you want to talk about like if he does the Muslim ban and stuff? Will you come back? Oh, be, yeah, because I'll be in Guantanamo <laughs> at that point. So, well, I, yeah, right. Like, yeah, will, I'll be banned already. You, like, will you comment on some of the crazy, you know, or not crazy, but the stuff that you know a lot of people are feeling? I'm going to call that crazy, Sarah. I'm going to let you call the Muslim ban crazy. I okay. could absolutely do that. But once Sammy Kay is in Guantanamo Bay, won't you appreciate a livery service that will deliver your friends? <laughs> I would. I would see, and, and then I would have sat there and been like. <laughs> Damn you, regulation. So Eric Trump actually said a, a week ago to a, a Muslim comic. Yes, on, we on, talked about yeah, this yesterday. Yeah, said yeah, that, um, or, that, that 
that wasn't going to happen. There are a number of things uh, promised that uh, that I sincerely believe are just they're negotiating points and aren't going to happen in this administration. And I think that the, one of the things that has led to the hyperpolarization is our inability to listen to the other side or put ourselves in in the shoes of our friends on the other side. Um, so there's a lot of things that people are are understandably scared about because they haven't ever met somebody who disagrees with them and they haven't. Been but do you think it's really a disagreement? Because I know a lot of people. I think to me it's that you know we talk about the hyperpolarization, right? The two different sides, like they're going to negotiate something. So the Democrats are like, all right, we're going to give away all this money for kids to go to school for free, and women are going to get abortions, right? But clearly they're going to meet it halfway through, right? But then Trump seemed to kind of go really far over, being like, we're going to deport all the rapists, a.k.a. Mexicans. Yeah. We're going to, like, Muslims are going to be illegal. We're not going to let them in our country. And anyone that's here, they're going to go to camps. Like, like it seemed a little bit, you know, we're like, you know, the love kind of came like a little bit here, and then he just went way there. So, you know, I don't think you clearly think that way, but now you understand where the fear comes from from other people, and they go, well, shit, man, there's a lot of people that actually voted for that reason. That's what scares the fuck out of me. A lot of people that don't you know, like like I said, like my father didn't vote to deport, you know, Arabs. He's an Arab himself. He clearly voted on taxes. Sure. So I you know, like he was knowledgeable to know that a lot of people voted for the hateful stuff. You know, which I think is where a lot of the fear probably stems from. Do you think that's true? Do you think most people that, that a large majority did vote for the fear st- the you know, kind of strong rhetoric, or do you think that's not true? I don't think it was a majority. I do think that in our society, folks across the spectrum have prejudices, and and that and that turns into fear and motivates them to to act uh, accordingly in in their view. And I think that one of the ways that we do that is is or we we get rid of that thinking is to engage people on a personal level. Uh, when when yeah, you, it's tr- that is true because yeah. that does change. Like everything. I can honestly admit, I walked in, I saw you in your khaki pants, and I was like, "Fuck this guy!" But then we started engaging. <laughs> We talked, and, like, I like you, man. Like, you know, so, like, that was a prejudice that I had walking off that clearly I had no reason to have that. But I do understand where you're coming from. Everyone has these, like, minute prejudices in their head that when they walk in a situation, they think something, you know. Well, unfortunately, now, you know, I feel like even if I saw you walk around with that signature red hat, I would immediately think something mm-hmm. or you're saying that maybe I should, you know. And, and I did that to be sort of incendiary at the onset so that once people right. got into mm-hmm. the conversation, they could say, oh, wow, this this guy isn't uh, a lunatic. Can <laughs> Most of the time. I, when we get together, when I got together with Matthew, I'm like, we need to take you out, like, and have like a card table and basically, you know, hug a Trump supporter and have you just like be one on one engaging with people. Just sitting there waiting for like, hugs. I think it'd be so good. You need to be our voice of reason Republican person. Can we call you? Sounds good. Yeah, okay. absolutely. On all the stuff. Um, by the way, where can people follow you, find you? Because I think a lot of people listening to this are a lot of women, a lot of men launching their own businesses and coming up against local government. So we have a wide, you know, we are worldwide. Mm-hmm. So where can people reach you, though, to get some I know help? your listeners are super engaged. The easiest way to, to interact with me at the onset is probably Twitter. Okay. And it's just Matthew Hurt, one word, uh, four, a total of four T's. M-A-T-T-H-E-W-H-U-R-T-T. Okay. One T, Matthew, is another guy who I've become friends with because people can't spell my name. Uh, and then on, you can email me, Gmail. It's uh, it's Matt, M-A-T-T, uh, period, if you're still old school, uh, Hurt, H-U-R-T-T, at Gmail. You're amazing. Thank you so much for being brave and honest and coming on. And I am so excited to see what the future brings of fighting the man. I can't wait. I can't wait to just get my hair done, you know, and nails done from someone's living room. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you guys You guys are great. Again, congratulations on celebrating a year, and, and here's to many more to come. Thanks, Matthew. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Appreciate oh it, brother. Oh, my God.
God. Thank you. Can we take a quick photo? Yeah, I mean, we we're just recording pic? a show right now. Here, Can we I'll just pause sit, and take a yeah, quick here, photo. Here, let me put. Yeah, I'll put some. Uh, I'll put some standby just music on. Give us some on. standby. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Sarah, do you know what's better than taco eating? What? Taco eating made easy. Okay? Now they offer you an app, Sarah. You know that? Oh, you can I love download apps. the Kaltor app or you can order online. Place your order now. You can pick it up from any one of their 27 DC locations. So no more lines. Boom! Kaltor.com. All right, we're back. Oh, good. Okay, okay great. Uh, oh. So that was Matthew Hurd. I'm just, you know, there you go. There's a Republican that listens to our show. Yeah. And seems moderate. I hope he didn't mind my khaki comment. I was just joking. No, I don't think he did at all. I mean, I, I definitely like did walk in kind of sarcastic in the back of my mind go, how can you fight the man when you look like him? And then I go, oh, wait, that's genius. He's infiltrating the man himself. That is, oh, my God. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah, this is the, my this is my thought process throughout the entire interview. <laughs> I slowly was like, how can you look like the man be fighting him? Then as he talked more, I was like, oh, my gosh, he is a genius. I- he is infiltrating the system. Like, the, I got I know. It. I like got no it. other. I know. I he's it. amazing. So if you're trying to start your own business and you want less regulation, he's the guy to talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mannequin challenge has got almost 15 people arrested. This was in Alabama after several uh, people, some of them with outstanding warrants who are not supposed to have guns, and then also some who, when police visited them, uh, had drug and paraphernalia on them, did the mannequin challenge to the song um, Black Beatles. <laughs> so they posted... Their mannequin challenge, um, which has now been viewed 85,000 times. It was shared more than 85,000 times. And this happened on November 9th. But now several people have been arrested. 19 guns were also confiscated from those arrests from people who didn't have permits to have them. That's awesome. So you tell me that you can't even hold a gun if you don't have a permit for it? Well, the, a lot of people in this video had an outstanding warrant. Like they had warrant. outstanding warrants. Did you see this? Yeah. I did see the video. It was pretty awesome. I love it. And I wonder, do you think they put the the uh, caution some viewers? might find this disturbing. Uh, yeah, I think they like they did it themselves. Like, they edited, put it up there themselves, and then clearly got a lot of their friends in trouble. Yeah. So they have one friend that's really good at videos, but they don't have a friend that's really good at thinking through shit. <laughs> yeah, right. So. I thought that was amazing. It was I'm pretty like, amazing. Why would you do this? Anyway, there were 19 guns in the video and 22 young men frozen in time. But you're right. Nobody thought through the fact that some of them uh, had outstanding warrants. So anyway, police were easily able to identify them as the video showed a lot of their face. So (laughs) there you go. Um, You don't strike me as a person. Do you ever go through a phase where you, like, you know, were working out a lot and taking protein supplements and ever, like, really trying to get in the best shape of your life? Protein supplements? Did you ever go through that? I'm sorry. <laughs> what the, no, what would I ever hold on? I like one time I remember I got this endorsement to like take all these random pills to lose weight for the radio station, remember? Oh my god. But I god. only took the fish oil and I worked out like three times a week or like two times a week maybe. But that was for one month in my life. <laughs> And what I didn't even do that. Called, by and the I way. still was drinking. I honestly could not tell you. I remember that. I remember that so well, but, yeah, but I can't think of what the name was. I don't remember at all, but I mean, it worked. I crapped my brains out. 
Well, anyway, um, new research has confirmed. You know, it's long been thought that too much protein is bad for you and actually will cause kidney issues. Oh, really? And now, so doctors are saying, yeah, it's absolutely true. And that everybody, men and women, get plenty of protein in your diet. That you'd have to be working out. Like, you'd have to be working out like an athlete or an MMA fighter to actually get to the point to take protein supplements. So even if you're a a three-day-a-week, four-day-a-week pumping iron at the gym, you still don't need all this additional powder protein that people are buying. So when I go get my smoothie and I ask for the protein in it, <laughs> I'm, that's so a complete ridiculous. waste. Exactly. That's what I'm just going to make you're me. Like, like, you're killing your kidneys, essentially. You're just like pumping yourself up. Well, you're up killing your much. kidneys, and unfortunately, you're also killing your toilet, too, like <laughs> for no reason now. Hey, speaking of killing your toilet, I loved this story about, do you actually think you can lose weight when you go to the bathroom? Like when you poop, do you actually think you lose weight? I absolutely do. I know for a fact I do because I have every, yes, every kid has sat there, weighed themselves, sat down, done it. And then gotten back out of the way, this has been like, it's not oh my God, I am like half a pound smaller. That's awesome. No way. Yes, Sarah. Oh my God, You're absolutely. Never, you never weigh yourself before and after and then find any yes, difference. Yes, I do. I've done this. I just, this I just, is science. They're saying it's not true. The, these scientists that, are lying because I know there's no... Sarah, tell me physically, okay? Physically speaking, all right? If I weigh... X amount of pounds, right? Okay. And if I drop a half a pound loaf, how are you telling me that, no, I still weigh that half a pound? There's a half a pound of stuff that was in me that is no longer in me. How can a scientist tell me logically that I still weigh the exact same? Because here's what they say. So poop can weigh anywhere from 2.5 ounces to one pound on average. Yeah. One pound, Sarah. So if it's a one pound. I want to see what a one pounder looks like because that seems like a lot. I have some friends that are pretty tall. A lot of mess. You know them too. Unsurprisingly, westernized populations have the lowest poop weights. So by the way, so there already you live in a western society, so you probably have really low poop weight compared to when you're in Tunisia. But I yeah, but I but I eat like an Easterner. So Uh, and that's due to severe lack of fiber, which I can tell you I have to take uh, citrus cell every day. And all the spicy food, too. Um, but Western samples, on average, were only between three and four ounces. The one-pounders are coming from the east. Good times. Good times, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> How much do farts weigh? Gastrointestinologists in England said that they weigh about 200 grams on average. A fart is 200 grams, Sarah? Yeah. Farts. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Wait. They gave them 200 grams of baked beans in addition to a normal oh. diet. Even scientists know that beans are a magical fruit, right? Scientists I was going to say, do you know what 200 grams is? That's like almost a pound. Yeah, I was like, there's no way that I'm farting a pound. I mean, I wish. That'd be fantastic. Misread it. Scientists learned that the farts actually weighed 16 to 50 ounces per day. That's how much your total fartage is. Oh, 16 ounces per day? Yeah. That's I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that's extreme fiber diet. No, that's... Dude, Sarah, I'm telling you just naturally. Like, have you ever just taken a bag... And just like filled it up, you know, no. it's like you keep it, you like <laughs> fill it up, zip it back up and then fill it up again. Weren't you ever a child, Sarah? How did you not do this as a kid? Like I remember one year for my mom's birthday, I gave her a jar of farts. <laughs> that is so disgusting. I sat there and I had this jar that and I farted so it gross. every day and I kept it sealed. And at the very end, I was like, mom, I collected them for a month. Happy birthday. Oh my God. And what did she say? Well, she had to be happy. I was a child. What are you going to do? Tell your son that after he spent a month working on something yeah. like that shit? No. Okay. And you tell him that's. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> no, you, she did not. You never. Okay, we'll have to call her and ask her because I don't Why? believe it for one second. There's no way Why? you gave Why her a jar of farts after ask a Ask her. You should just ask her and what so, she going to tell you. By the way, here's one of the scientists. Um, yes, if you weigh yourself before and after a bowel movement, you might 
you would lay weigh less after. Unfortunately, she says though, you won't be slimmer or less mass on visible body. Well, so it's yeah. not an actual body no, weight. I don't. You can I know see. I don't look different here. I was saying I weighed different. Okay, as a kid, I was still a fat little kid. Like I knew nothing was going to change by me. But you're talking like, like who it, goes and thinks, oh man, I just ate a pizza today. Hold on, let me go shit this one out. I should have a six pack when I'm done. Like <laughs> who thinks that? Because this whole article is is pooping to lose weight a good idea. Overall, scientists say, no, of course not. It's a bad idea. But you lose actual weight, though. That's what they're saying. You lose weight. You just may not look any different because you got to work out, too. But I'm telling you, when I was ripping fish oil and working on just a couple days a week, I, I mean, I, at one point, every time I even thought I had to fart, I had to walk to the bathroom just to be safe. You know what I mean? But I, I lost, like, what, 10, 50, I lost, like, 20 pounds that month. It was ridiculous. Um, they say that going to the bathroom is not a good idea, uh, even though biggest loser type diets will encourage that, um, and because ultimately your body needs those nutrients. And so, if you're relying, and most of the time, by the way, if you're losing weight, you're taking some sort of supplement that's causing you to have a laxative, which can cause other health issues. Fish oil, man, I snort that. Yeah. Well, you snort it now? Yeah, I mean, it's so good what? for you, Sarah. It's like you don't take fish oil. Like I'm telling you, fish oil. Oof. Uh, excess laxatives or any sort of supplements that include laxatives in it can lead to all sorts of sorts of nasty medical complications. I'm not taking laxatives. I'm just greasing it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, but even that, that's just, I think that's encouraging you to go more. But you're probably just taking like a tablespoon, which is good for you. It depends. If I eat a lot the night beforehand, take, I'll take what, just like three? a fistful. Uh, oh I'll just take like a fistful of, of uh, fish oil and just hope for the best. Ultimately, of course, losing weight is all about focusing on eating a balanced diet and getting extra exercise, not on looking for foods and strategies that will help you poop more. That's lame. So, <laughs> That's lame. So, hey, I have a question for you. Does anyone... Oh, I thought you were going to try to expose my new genius idea that I was going to tell everyone. No, I had completely lost sight of it. Actually, in fact, I totally forgot about it and thought it was farts in a jar for a second. Farts in a jar was not my... That's actually another great <laughs> idea, though. I'm just telling you. That one already like, I guarantee if I could get farts from hot girls in a jar, I could sell it online. I could uh, easily do it. I could easily do it. Uh, uh. Um, Wait, sorry, you were. No, do you want to talk about your idea? Was that what you were saying? No, no, no. I want to hear what you're talking about. Well, I was going to ask you how early is too early to text people uh, back. Because I just assume now, in the day and age when you can turn off text notifications that no one could possibly keep a text noti- notification on. Here's yes, okay. I first Early off or all night. Everybody that I know keeps their phone on all night just because, you know, well, yeah, I do for too. emergency purposes. Uh-huh. So therefore, if you text me, my phone's going to go ding so, at 5 in the morning and I'm going to look like it's an emergency, but it's not. It's just Sarah going, to, "Hey, I know you guys are sleeping. Call me around 10." <laughs> I I keep my phone on all night, right? But I turn the text notification off so they're silent. Doesn't everybody do that? No, I texted that- somebody at 5.30 this morning, and then they texted me later saying the same thing. That they, you know, hey, thanks for the early morning alarm. I really wasn't, you know, planning on getting up at 5.30 yeah, in the morning. And I, I say, don't. who keeps their text alarm I do notification on? I do, because it's, like, everything. If something's really important, people are just going to text you. They're not going to call. No, but I just don't mute the text, okay? I sit there, and if I'm going to mute my phone, I mute the entire phone. Or I do that. I don't want to sit there and dig through every night. Nah, 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 nah. Like, that's ridiculous. You, okay, I look at the same, I look at rules this way. Because I find this ridiculous that when you're a kid, remember, you couldn't make a phone call before 10 a.m. Or like before 9 a.m. And you couldn't make a call like after 9 p.m. Right? Your parents wouldn't let you do that when you were calling your friends or something like that. Okay. Okay. That's my rule like as far as like if it's work concerned is involved. 
So never before 9 a.m., never after 9 p.m. if it's work involved and it's that's a tech. crazy. Because at this point, I go, 9 a.m., that's fine. Because it's ridiculous. Dude, Sarah, I know People that you're... text me all night long, and my text notification is off. So there you go. Well, I don't have that, okay? And someone like me who actually needs my phone all night, you know, and I use it all the time, and I need to sleep, like it's obnoxious to get there and get the bing. Hey, guys, I was thinking about this today. We should talk about it during the show. It's like at 5.45 in the morning. And it wakes me up, and I just go, oh, my God, okay. And then I try to sit there and initially see. I never really complain about it. But what I do is I just don't respond until 9.30 or, like, 9 o'clock in the morning. And I go, oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about it then. I I realized this, Sarah. I thought it was good. I thought this subtle deterrence. you were doing deliveries in the morning. So you were cool with me, you know, texting. I thought you were, like, you said you were in this cycle. You were getting up at 6. Well, yeah, when I had to get up at 6 a.m. and get up and do stuff and and run stuff. Now I don't have to. So now I do other stuff. you got to get me on your Google calendar. You should just do me an invite. Just do you an invite and show you what time I'm going to wake up. No. (laughs) I'm still sleeping, like, four or five hours a night, but I just go to bed later and I wake up later. (laughs) Well, anyhow, I would love for people. Look, you can call us. By the way, and you can follow us on social media. We have a phone line. Six, oh wait, 207. No, 784 <laughs> seven That's geometric shape, pi. 207-613-6695. Call us and tell us. Is, does everyone just have the notifications for messages off? Because apparently Sammy and this one other person that I texted this morning at 5.30 a.m. doesn't. I know a lot of, like, I know for a fact all my friends, because when I used to do the, okay, here, when we used to do morning shows, I thought it would be cute to send a text in the morning to be like, hey, I'm on my way to work. Have a great day. You know, hope you're sleeping well. Text me when you're up, right? I did that with maybe three different girls, okay, All over right. the course of my life. They each sat me down and had talks with me about if I ever fucking text them and I wake them up again, <laughs> that they will break up with me immediately. They all did. None of them liked it. No one wants to be texted that early. Well, Because it- at that point, it's communication between the hours of, like I said, between the hours of 9 p.m. and 9 a.m., there is no communication unless, it's, unless, A, we have plans to meet up, B, we're meeting up and I'm looking for you, or C, it's an emergency. But if it's just about work stuff, it's just, just about random stuff that's happening in a couple weeks or so, and you want to text it now? No, no, no. You can wait till the next day and text me between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Okay. Well, then call us or you can email Sarah at HeyFrage.com, Sammy K at HeyFrage.com. You can also follow us on social media at HeyFrage, H-E-Y-F-R-A-S-E on Instagram, on Twitter, HeyFrage Show on Snapchat, and HeyFrage Podcast on Facebook, and then the Sammy K under Hall, his social medias, Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, Snapchat, and the Twitter. So let us know. Like, I don't I text you past, fun. like, 4 p.m. now. Yeah, but I don't. Because I, I know you're asleep. On, so I just like to be in people's first queue in the morning to be like, hey, what do you think about this? Do you want to do this? Time change or whatever. But I have all my notifications off. And I have my phone now on quiet because the Google, we have a Google line, obviously, for this show. So it gets forwarded there. But then I don't get the calls between the hours. Mine's set to like 6 Six to six. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> See, six to six. You still have your 12 hours in between that you get your time That's to, like, not work. That's a ringing phone call because someone could be calling into the show at See, midnight. where I'm saying you can ring me, just don't text me these 12 hours. Have you ever seen this tradition? And I, I wondered, like, in Tunisia, if, if there's some sort of different... Um... I will tell you we do not have Elf on a Shelf in Tunisia. <laughs> I, can, I can promise you that one right now. Well, have you seen this terrifying Krampus? The Krampus? Krampus. It starts with a K. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Maybe I'm saying it incorrectly. But it's Krampus and K 
K-R-A-M-P-U-S. And it's like these terrifying demon-like monsters that have a parade. It started in Austria, and essentially it's to scare kids into being good, but these things are fucking terrifying. Oh, wait, I think you're talking about, like, is it in the Netherlands they do this? Yep, in the Netherlands and parts of Germany. It's called Krampus. They usually have it December 5th, so so some... um, some cities may have already celebrated it, um, but it's a yeah, horned... Zwarte Piet. Have you ever heard of Zwarte Piet? Is that the same thing? I don't know. I mean, I'm looking right now. Krampus is really freaky, but Zwarte Piet is like almost the same thing. Well, Krampus, um, in countries like Austria and Germany, they say they celebrate St. Nicholas Day on the 6th and have a Krampusloff or a Krampus run the night before. Um, and they're unbelievably terrifying. Um, not only that, though, they say, here's the problem. So they're supposed to be keeping kids, you know, from being naughty by literally mm-hmm. scaring the hell out of them. Um, they have thick fur, sharp horns, hooves, fangs, and a long pointy tongue. They usually wear large, large bells and chains. And they scare the shit out of kids before Christmas. That's fantastic. Yes, I don't understand what's wrong with this. Terrifying. Okay, so here, they do it in Austria, Croatia, Czech Republic, Hungary, Slovenia, and Northern Italy. The one I'm talking about is just racist. Oh. Zwarte Piet is what they do in, like, the Netherlands, I guess. And, like, yeah, I guess it's Dutch, and it's, like, uh, St. Nicholas's companion. No, 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 Sarah. They dress in Renaissance clothing and then all do blackface, and they run around town. That still exists? This still, no, this is like, that's a picture from what, 2009, Sarah Zwarte? Yeah, it's really messed up. They're always under fire for it. Well, okay, here's the controversy with Krampus this year, is that more and more people are getting drunk and then getting into character and chasing people down the street or into their homes, trying to beat them with sticks. That's fantastic. What's wrong? That's the Christmas <laughs> That's the Christmas spirit. Now authorities are saying they're considering maybe shutting it down because people have become so terrified of them and so many people get drunk and get into costume. Yeah, no, Sarah. Okay, ruined. you're telling me that this is... That's terrible. Where does this happen? In the in- Netherlands. Zwarte Piet. It stands for Black Peter, by the way. And Black Peter is supposed to be Santa's helper? It's a Santa, yeah, St. Nicholas's helper. And he Awful. goes around. It's like from a... Yeah, dude, like people run around like that. That's sad. Um, well, I think this is terrifying, too. I don't know who would want to go to a parade where they dress up like the devil. Um, Maybe a Satanist. But I wondered if they did anything in uh, in Tunisia, because I also was surprised when I went to Barcelona. For Christmas? Do we do anything in Tunisia as a Muslim country? Well, like any sort of... I, I'm sure there's yeah. going to be Christian yeah. groups no, that live I mean, there. Yeah, but still. But it's not like... you got to think if the majority is... Like here, do you see like... You guys don't really hear about what happens in the Muslim community. And there's a ton of Muslims here. You don't really hear about our holidays and our like festivals and stuff like that. Because it's the minority, right? So in Tunisia, like... Yeah, people celebrate Christmas, but I've never really seen... There's not really a... You know, it's a very small minority of people. You know what I mean? Well, here is my my wondering if there's other, like, traditions, if any other countries you've been to, because you obviously travel a lot. But what I was thinking is when I was in Barcelona, that El Tio was basically a log with a stick, and people would beat the shit out of it, and it would basically shit out gifts Christmas Day. That's awesome. So, I... Yeah. El Tio? No, I was... The only thing Have I remember is... Have you ever seen is, an El Tio? No. Like, in Paris, I remember growing up, whenever we'd be there for Christmas time, they'd make us put our shoes, like our slippers, by the tree, and then they would... Then their slippers would be filled with like candies and stuff the next day. Oh, really? But that was like I I, I don't really know. I wish I'd bought an LTO when I was there because it's essentially just a log with a. Face I mean, I'm going to tell you. You want to talk about freaking kids out? What's more, like having having a kid know that some stranger is going to come through his chimney <laughs> and eat his food and drink his milk, <laughs> and then just leave random boxes on his floor is way freakier than thinking I'm going to beat the sh- I'm going to beat presents out of a piece of wood. LTO. 
No, I don't even know that many weird Christmas traditions. I know. I wondered if anybody like in a lot of like the like a lot of like the Muslim traditions. Like they seem pretty standard across you know. Well, I'm just thinking across the across the globe. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like always for like you know the big Eid. You have uh, you have uh, you you slaughter a lamb. The little Eid. You you know you get presents and shit. It's like you always have lamb. You know what I mean? It's like I always have lamb for one, and then the other one I'm fasting before that and. Well, I just wondered if there was something that would become big aside from Elf on the Shelf, which, you know, is just torture. So there you go. Anyway, uh, Krampus might be going away in some parts of I'm surprised, though, Europe. what is it, the, those are the, was it the, the Mensch on a Bench or something? Mensch on a, what was the? Oh, yeah, Mensch on a Bench. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically the Jewish equivalent to Elf on a Shelf, right? Yeah, and it scares the shit out of people. <laughs> oh, here you go. Here's a <laughs> bunch just... of different things. Oh, okay, here, number two of the weirdest traditions is actually Krampus. There you go. Uh-huh. So strange, I'm telling you. Oh, here you go. This festive South African delicacy is not for the faint heart. On Christmas Day, locals tuck into a deep fried caterpillar. Oh. Uh-huh. Here's the, I think it's more called cagatios. Oh, here you go. And in Catalonia. Oh, dude, you're talking about Catalonia. Yeah. Yeah, Tio de Nadal, otherwise the pooping log. Yes. <laughs> yep. yep. That's my favorite one. It's decorated with a face and a blanket on Christmas Eve, and the log is placed halfway into the fire and beaten with sticks. <laughs> See? Yeah. Uh, do you find this interesting now that the ultimate compliment online is to be called mom? Mom? Yes. So I call, actually, I called myself mom today. So does that mean I was complimenting myself? What did you say? How did you say it? What I was context? like, oh, my God, I sound like your mom. Um, or I'm acting like your mom right now. I don't think so. Like, apparently mom now for celebrities. So, right, Beyonce is one of them, Taylor Swift. Their fans are now referring them to them as mom because they love them so much. they're like their they, children? They like to be, a, like, yeah, a kid of theirs. So now, like, Taylor Swift recently said, I'm not sure what this whole mom thing is, um, but Ruby Rose also said she was, like, shocked by it, that now her fans are referring to her as mom. So next time I see Coolio, I should call him dad. <laughs> I should be like, hey, dad. Um... I'm still like waiting for another album. Whatever, whatever happened. It's apparently the ultimate compliment. Really? Yeah. According Would to the New like York Times, if people start calling you mom, people uh, who like listen to the show devoutly, <laughs> they are like, "Hey, Mama Frage." Because I'm telling you, if you call me dad, I'm going to give you a look. Like, so, hey, I'm pro- actually I won't even give you the look. No, I'll, do- I'll probably just run out the door, thinking that you have some really bad news for me. On the internet now, to be mom is to be queen. Uh, more and more fans are referring to Beyonce, as I mentioned, as their mom. Um, there was a time when the term mom, when said in public anyway, elicited a certain kind of eye roll when it wasn't used to poke fun at a person's awkward fitting mom jeans or to ask friends, do I, like, do I look like a mom in this outfit? Now it's a universal code for mom. For, who Basically, the, like, okay, who wrote this? this? Who? They also got, it's a New York Times style article. Probably the same guy that did the article on us. Oh, okay, then I like it. <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg is also referred to a mom, even though she's had recent criticism uh, with Donald Trump. Ruzi, Ruby Rose, as I mentioned, of Orange is the New Black is a mom, is referred to so t- frequently by the term she tweeted, quote, the Internet is a confusing place. Apparently I've birthed hundreds of people I don't know about. Hashtag mom. So if you search hashtag mom now, it's all... Fans referring to their idols. As okay, that. so who would be your mom, Belinda? No, probably Carly <laughs> Simon, right? <laughs> Hashtag mom. Um, Carol King. Clearly. Oh, Carol King. Carol Sorry. King. Carol King would be amazing to me. Oh my god. Kind of. I'm. I'm sort of on a Mariah Carey kick too. I'm trying to watch Mariah's World, the new documentary on E. I literally just. I. I saw just the preview for it, and I left thinking. It's so bad. Oh my god. I know why Nick Cannon left. 
<laughs> I was I I'm so sorry, Nick Cannon. I totally made fun of you for I apologize, Nick Cannon. I know why you left. All I had to do was watch 20 seconds of the trailer. It's pr- I'm not going to lie. It's pretty bad. It's like I thought they would at least, and I'm only the first episode in maybe 30 minutes, and I wanted to love it because Mariah Carey has been mom, hashtag mom, to me forever. Mm-hmm. Like I love Mariah. But it's so bad, and it's just like so many cutaways what of her like singing funny. and all that. It's not good. Um, also, if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, you know that um, – uh, Connor McGregor, the um, the uh, UFC fighter, is now going to do a guest spot on one of the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. You interested in that? I'm all? assuming he's going to have a non-speaking role. <laughs> I think they're going to try and get him to speak. I'm, I'm going to because you don't think the guy's very smart, or you just don't like his voice. No, no, I've heard him speak, and he, he. Have you ever heard him talk, Sarah? Yeah, have you got some Connor? I'll, I mean, I can McGregor? find some Connor McGregor. Well, yeah. he's very thick Irish, and he seems like he would fit into Game of Thrones very well. He seems, uh, in my opinion, slightly barbaric. I, I don't know. I'm not. A big UFC fan myself, so I mean, he's I a little bit of a nutsack, Sarah. Like, <laughs> Thank you. the guy gets hit in the head for a living, and you think he's just gonna sit there and talk all normal? I uh, know the post New York Post says, I want to thank you for last year's award, which I couldn't also couldn't collect. Um, the breakthrough fire of the year, which I'm honored again to break through and kill the entire game in less than two years. No, nobody, nobody can touch me. Um, don't touch you. I apologize for not being uh, there. There's another man. Like I said, non-speaking at <laughs> I all. I think he'll be perfect. Uh, it's been agreed that McGregor will appear in one of the remaining two seasons of Game of Thrones, according to an HBO source. Um, it had been in talks for a while. There's no word on exactly like who he'll play. Um, while details of his appearance on the show remain sketchy, it would not be hard for him to get on the set. Game of Thrones often fills around Dublin, Ireland, which is McGregor's hometown. So there you go. Oh, my God. I think he'd be great on that. Yeah, but just like because perfect- he films around there doesn't mean you can understand what he's saying. This is my second belt. I've already got this one. Where's the second one at? I don't know. Shit. 4.2 billion is coming to the cell phone. Where's that second belt? Go backstage and grab that belt somewhere. He seems perfect for Game of Thrones. Okay. You hear what they say? Yeah, this is awesome. I think the guy will be great. So I hope anyway. they have a dragonfly out of his ass. <laughs> that's, that's Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. You don't watch GFT? I told you. One time my friends were like, Sammy, you have to come watch Game of Thrones. It's amazing. You're going to love it. Trust me, man. Two things. Boobies and dragons. And I was like, boom. I'm in. Yeah. Sit me down. Sat down. The one episode, I guess, of all time that didn't have boobies nor dragons in it was the one episode I watched, and so I've just sworn it off. That's amazing. I just was not. I was not happy. And my friends, like at the end, I looked at him after forty-five minutes. I go, I hate you both. And they go, Dude, this is literally the first episode to ever not have boobies and or dragons. I almost gave up on it, mostly because they like they went through a couple seasons where they like raped and killed every woman they could find. Mm. But they've now redeemed themselves, and the women are sort of leading the land, so I'm back So in. now the women are returning the favor, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, look, you need you to You sold it, Sarah. <laughs> you sold it to me. Well, I almost gave up. I was like, this is ridiculous. It's so violent against women. It's crazy. Who would watch this? 
Now I'm back on the train. Oh, you're bit. back on the train? Same with Westworld. I have the same complaint with Westworld. My God. Did the show so just start? Violence. How can you already hate the show that just started? I don't know. Because I, 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 these shows become... What happened to the days when they would just like sort of insinuate the violence? You know, they'd fire the gun, but you didn't have to see all the stuff. Sarah, I bought season two of Golden Girls, 20 bucks. I can definitely really well, loan it out to you. Well, I will be on that kick and Murder, She Wrote. Okay, so I can loan it out to you anytime. Uh, thank you, Matthew Hurt, for being on the show. All right, everybody. We are out of here. Goodbye. Mm. See you soon. Our live show, Sold Out, happening December 9th. Bye, Kisses. everybody. Mm-hmm.